Hi, thanks for uh, tuning in to this episode of Tabletop Transmissions. Uh, as always, I am one of your hosts, Liz, and joining me tonight are my co-hosts. Uh, hi, this is Cassie. Hi, this is Fran. And you might be able to hear my dog buddy in the background. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about pups tonight. Uh, yeah. Or whenever you're listening to this this fine fine podcast, uh, <laughs> we're very tired. It's been a long day. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, first of all, how have y'all been doing tonight? Or how how I should say how has your week been? It's been interesting. Uh, I'm a little stressed, but uh, actually a lot stressful, but interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, my week's been going okay, a little bit monotonous, but but okay. <laughs> I would have liked a monotonous week. <laughs> yep. Uh, my week's been. Well, Fran's already taken interest. In... No, uh, that was. That yeah, was that was uh, Cassie. Damn it! Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, brain. Mm-hmm. Cassie has already taken interest in. So, I guess I'm gonna have to say. Entertaining? No, it hasn't been. Well, it has been. It's been good. It's been good. Okay. Mm. Uh, we 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 adopted a dog. Yay! Yep. Uh, her name is Maya. She's about five years old. Um, she does not have any front teeth. Oh. Yeah, she's from what we can from what the uh, the rescue told us. She has had a uh, a hard hard life. Mm. And now Maya's purpose is to sit in her, sit on her uh, big fluffy pillow, chew bully <laughs> sticks, get pets, uh, and get doted on by two transient dog moms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, you know that's 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 what that's what my wife and I say. It's like our job is to make sure Buddy has the best second act <laughs> he could possibly have. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and I, I I think she's she's doing good. Like I said, we went to the we went to the dog park today. Was it an on leash or off leash park? Off leash. Oh, nice. Yeah, and she's she's really good. Like even on leash, like she just walks with me. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, if uh, she gets a smell, she'll kind of pull a little bit. And if you click your tongue and and kind of tug, she'll just be like, "Oh, all right, I guess we're going this way." <laughs> Yeah, Buddy is great when we're at the dog park and, and he's off leash. He'll like run ahead and then he'll stop, look back, make sure we're there, and run <laughs> ahead <laughs> just to make sure we're there. Oh uh, yeah, no, mine mine doesn't quite do that. She just sniffs around. Mm-hmm. Like we, I tried to get her to play frisbee. Uh, she 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 does not want to play frisbee. <laughs> uh, she looked at through the frisbee. It landed in front of her. She looked at it, she looked at me, and then immediately went back to sniffing. <laughs> I was like, okay. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, no, so uh, we also ran our first session of Salt Marsh. Oh, fantastic. Oh, yeah. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I'm going to save it. I'm going to save I'm gonna save what happened for our topic tonight. Okay. Uh, that fits perfectly. Speaking of that, since Cassie, since this was your and Fran's idea, why don't y'all introduce the topic tonight? Okay. <laughs> um, so one thing that a lot of, well, almost all role-playing tabletop role-playing gamers have in common are what we call war stories, when yep. the amazing things happen around the table that you just remember, for good or for ill, <laughs> and. Um, a lot of the time we, when we get together, we tell these stories over and over again to the chagrin of the people who we are with, who are not involved (laughs) or who have heard these stories a million times. (laughs) And the other remarkable part about it is if you start telling a war story and there are any other gamers around they will a gravitate in and listen, and b as soon as the opportunity provides, interrupt and drop in their own war stories to go yeah. along. 
I mean, I, I, I assume it's not just us, Liz, right? Oh, no. It's like, it's like, it's like uh, with, with some folks, it's like, yeah, you fought a Tarrasque, we fought ten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there Why? can only be one. <laughs> Much like the Highlander. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Some uh, GMs are jerks. Yeah, both, okay. Fun fact, both the Tarrasque and Highlander look fetching in kilts with katanas. <laughs> I, 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 w- I would believe that. Yes, I would believe that. Wow. I'm just wondering how you actually... No, I, I'm not wondering. <laughs> oh, um... No, I don't no. I don't, I, I don't, I don't have a follow-up. <laughs> I, I, I prefer to just, you know, let it remain a mystery. Yeah, so um, so we're not sure uh, how we're going to go about this, whether we're going to talk about war stories this episode or whether we're going to tell war stories this episode. Well, um, I, would su- I would suggest we do a bit of a mix of both because it yeah. is kind of a fascinating topic of why do we think these – one, why are they so universal and um, why are they so – why are we so passionate about about these things because I, I, I've never had anybody been like, be like, uh, nothing exciting ever happened in my game. Everybody's eyes light up and they're like, settle in and let me tell you a tale of horror and woe. <laughs> well, okay. For our first world war story, I have a request, Fran, mm-hmm. given that you talked about, um, jerk DMs, that you tell yeah. a war story about uh, about uh, that I was not involved in about a very special monster that you faced. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. So, um, this was back when I was in college, and uh, I went home to uh, to uh, visit with friends, and my friends were going out for a uh, an afternoon of gaming, and they said, "Well, you know, we'll talk to the DM and." Maybe he'll let you come and join in. And I said, okay, sure. And they said, but, you know, be aware, he's, uh, he's, he's kind of weird. We're playing first edition and, um, he's got a very particular, hmm? D&D, first edition D&D. D&D. First edition D&D. I thought that was just assumed, but yeah, yeah, (laughs) I know. Um, we're, he, he's, he's very particular about the style of running, um, and I said, well, that's fine. You know, I, I, I usually play bards and, uh, we, we get there and the guy says, yeah, you can roll up a bard, but, um, it's first edition and the party's only six level. And I said, well, so I can't really play it. And he was like, no, you can play a bard. And I'm sitting down looking at the rules and I'm like, okay, so it's sixth level. I'm playing a thief with a loot and an attitude. Because in first edition, for those that aren't familiar, you have to take something like six, like like eight levels of of uh, rogue, and then a bunch of levels of ranger, and then you have to multiclass again into druid, and then then you can start leveling as a bard. Yeah. So when people say that that first edition bards are overpowered, that's kind of like saying you know, well. You know, ninja masters and and martial arts masters. They're the, those old master guys are just so overpowered. So, um, so um, yeah, there's, there's more. Yeah, I'll 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 pick up the pace a little bit. Um, so we're uh, we're going through this adventure, um, and we get cornered in a shack by a beholder. Now, again, we are a sixth level party in first edition. There were five of us, I think. We were not up to handling a beholder. Um, so. Uh, I don't know about that, but that's. Sixth level? Yeah, I mean, we, we, yeah. Okay. I think you've most played, you've played one level. of you, you've played one yes. more recently than I have, but, you yeah. know, 10. Ten gaze attacks and whatever else. I, I, I was feeling inadequate was, to the task already. You we were scared. <laughs> but yeah. anyway. Um, so we're, we're fighting away with this thing, and it proceeds to dominate one of the members of the party. And we all go, what? Well, you know, as you look closer at it, 
And I'm like, I'm not looking closer. I'd be running away if I could. You can notice that it has kind of pronounced fangs. Uh, it's a vampiric beholder. What? Yeah. And what? then it starts. And then it starts throwing spells. And one of our <laughs> wizard, the the somebody in the party, tries to use something to teleport us out, and we discover we can't because apparently this vampiric beholder mage that we are currently fighting against <laughs> as a sixth level D&D party okay, in which so... I'm playing a thief with a loot <laughs> happens to be the master of Ravenloft. I... <laughs> yeah. That's the proper response. <laughs> this, makes, this makes me laugh every time you tell it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we're fighting what I guess we would call a valiant for, you know, to, to be charitable rearguard action, trying to get everybody out of this weird treehouse that we're stuck in. We managed to sort of shunt everybody out through the chimney, I think, and everybody's kind of scrambling down over the roof, and the thing pops up again and is about to zap us, and I pull out a bag of itching powder, which the DM had let me have, and I fling it at the at the boulder's face, and I roll a nat 20. And he's like, well, roll, 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 boom, it disintegrates it, so it has no effect. I'm like, what? No, because, and I flip open the book, and I'm like, disintegrate, turns something to dust. I just threw a bag of dust at the boulder, dust that should get in its eyes, and the DM's like, no, no, it's just disintegrated, it's just gone. And so I got dominated and turned into a vampire. It doesn't have a. It, it, yeah, this is this is a this is a war story that doesn't have a happy yeah. ending because uh-huh. um, because yeah. again the DM was a jerk. Uh-huh. Let's be yeah. perfectly frank and I, here. Yeah, and and once again the 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 lesson is if you're the DM, you can kill your players. It's really really easy. Um, so if that's what you're into, you know, go play Halo. Or you know, or or some other uh, game where you're not killing actual people because that's you know that's that's weak sauce. It's easy to kill your players. Bro, I, uh, I I found that out on Sunday. Oh, <laughs> or, no, 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 Saturday. <laughs> and and here again we see the nature of war stories is that one leads into another leads into another and pretty soon you're looking at the sunrise and going oh crap is the convention over <laughs> so okay before we move on to other stories that brings mm. up an interesting point i'd like to put out um time and place mm. i guess is how i'm putting it like I feel like some some people in our hobby, uh, maybe not the ones listening to this, but some people always try to take up, I guess with everything, much like probably your GM in the mm. last story, kind of take an over-aggressive. An adversarial relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And there are, there are some... There are some game masters who do mm-hmm. strike an adversarial relationship with with uh, their players. Um, mm-hmm. There are some games that encourage that. Yeah, but um, both sometimes fun in a fun ways and sometimes in really not fun ways. But yep. um, yeah, it's not a style I prefer. Yeah. Uh, I mean, except for joking, like we constantly joke that Fran's wife is trying to kill us. Oh yeah. Uh, but. Um, I mean, I get it can work, you know, but I it, think it, you need a certain amount of trust around the table. For yeah, and and you have to be you have to be in a specific um, setting where that is, you know, it it's it's like anything else. It sort of has to be something that is understood by the group and agreed to by the group. I mean, when I'm running, I run a, a cyberpunk convention variant called you bet your ass which is basically the running man with cyberpunk 2020 rules and uh not a lot of bullets and you don't get armor um and it is also hilarious yeah the understanding is quite clear that you are not expected to live through this game you know if you do congratulations but uh but i will be trying fairly hard to kill you all um but, but again, that's, that's, that's bought, you get buy-in from the players. 
Exactly. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's part of the joke. It's part of the story. You know, yeah. similarly with Dungeon Crawl Classics, um, when it's done right, the idea is you roll up a bunch of buffoonish characters at the very beginning on the hope that you'll get lucky and have one who will sort of survive and rise above the rest. And you watch them all get weeded out. Or, for example, Paranoia, where mm -hmm. you are... <laughs> Where the, the, the yes, the, where the game master is actively trying to screw with the players because that's yep. the game, and yeah. you know you have to, and and that's in the rules. And mm -hmm. if you're playing paranoia, you expect it. But with something like a storytelling type situation, that becomes mm -hmm. a lot less ideal to me. Yeah. Yeah, in a in a diceless game, if the DM is trying to kill the players, <laughs> that's more of an issue for therapy than it is to you know be at the game. Yeah. Yeah. But I well, still want to hear how Liz, you know, tried too. to kill her party. Me too. So before we get into that, so kind of like what, and that's one thing we were talking about adversarial game masters. But I was just kind of thinking, I guess, I guess general folks in our hobby, just general conversations. Have y'all ever? I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I I have one particular incident uh, at a convention where I got cornered. Mm. Like, uh, have you ever met people who tell war stories as like, um, and and it kind of starts out that way, and then it's like it turns into a demand for uh, your credentials, as it were. Oh. Oh, I mean, it's a, you have to prove that you're a real gamer because you have these stories. Yeah, or yeah, kind of. Yeah, like or I if had, you're not laughing at this, you're not a real gamer. Yeah, like I had I ran into a situation at a convention a couple of years ago. So this was this was egg me pre-transition, mm -hmm. but uh, I had this guy like I'm I'm sitting at a table, I'm I'm reading a book. Guy comes over, starts talking to me about the game. Oh. Because uh, it, it was a game book. And, and it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, then he, like, starts quizzing me. On, it was a World of Darkness book. And I was like, I I don't know. I just bought this. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's like, ah. Uh, you know, kids. And then, like, walks out. And I'm just like. Gatekeeping. It's gatekeeping. Yeah, gatekeeping. Yes, that's the word I'm looking for. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, like. I don't know. I, I feel I feel like I'm always the one that goes for the negative aspect of whatever we talk about. I'm, no, no, I'm it's, so sorry. I, no, uh, this is actually, I mean, I think gatekeeping can, can have its own episode because it's really an important topic. Yeah. I was, I was talking about it on Twitter. Um, I think a week ago or so when someone was talking about how, you know, um, everyone does it at some point and it sucks mm -hmm. and the smarter ones of us get over it. And I started talking about, uh, how, I had to make a significant effort around mm -hmm. oh, 2007 or so um, mm -hmm. as a very old school Doctor Who fan with the new uh, Tenant Girls, as mm -hmm. they are sometimes called, were sometimes yeah. called, uh, entering, you know, entering Doctor Who fandom. And I had to really make an effort to not be a gatekeeper and mm -hmm. not be, and not be, yeah. not, not be resentful of these kids coming in. And I think there's no way to continue to have a hobby grow and 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 continue on if you're going to really significantly um, gatekeep and if you're going to not be if you're going to be like those kids today. Yeah. It's just it's a it's an easy easy trap to fall into. For mm -hmm. those who are older, it's really easy, and it's something that we should we all need to struggle against. You know, I will say, uh, I get I get David Tennant. He's an attractive male. <laughs> Billy Piper, yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. She's she, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Uh, anyway, so y'all want to hear mm -hmm. the story of how I almost killed everyone? Absolutely. Oh, definitely. <laughs> well, okay. So, yeah. slight spoiler: I did kill everyone. Um, <laughs> Not intentionally. <laughs> so we're playing Ghost of Saltmarsh. And uh and we're we're doing like the very first adventure. So first oh. of all, uh I, I want to preface this by saying I helped Jess make her character. 
this is my fault. <laughs> <laughs> this is just getting better and better, hon. Yeah. So, uh, they spend some time in town, and they get they they get you know the talk to folks. They get their mission. They head they head out to their there's this old abandoned mansion that something's going on on the edge of town and they get sent there and they're, they're supposed to investigate it. And as their patron put it, deal with it. Mm-hmm. You're, you're being paid handsomely. Mm-hmm. So they are, they're going there and they walk around and they're, uh, they're doing stuff and they're kind of walking around the outside of the mansion before they go in. And, uh, I get asked, can can we see through the windows? And I'm like, yeah, sure, you can see the windows. And so I kind of describing what they're seeing as they're walking around. Um, and then they get then so Justin says, can I cast detect magic and just walk around the house and look in the rooms? Smart dude. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm thinking to myself, okay. Uh, there are uh, this so uh, small spoilers for Salt Marsh. If you're a player, uh, tune out uh, for oh. for a couple minutes. Uh, if if you're, if you're if you don't plan on playing Salt Marsh, cool. So there's a trap door with a magic mouse. The whole deal is it's being mm. used by smugglers, mm. and they're they're setting it up to be this haunted mansion. No, it's just it's Scooby Doo. Yeah. It's, it's just shirts. Yeah, old yeah. man Jenkins. Yeah, except Old Man Jack is a pirate wizard, so eh, mm-hmm. what are you going to do about it? <laughs> um, so anyway, so they find, they, they miss a whole bunch of the mansion, uh, including an NPC who, plot-wise, they kind of need to rescue. they got to find out something to do with him so we can pass oh. on information later. But, it turns uh, out not to have mattered, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's for, the, it's for the, the, like, the bigger part of the campaign. Yeah. I'll, I'll figure it out. But anyway, so... Yeah, so they open the trap door, they charm a guy, and they immediately ask, what's the guy's name? And normally, I print out a list of random names mm. to have on hand. I didn't do that. I was completely unprepared for this game. <laughs> um, wait till I tell you what I used for miniatures. But, uh, so anyway, so... I'm like, uh, and we just watched something about Forrest Gump earlier that morning. I said, duh, Anne. Hmm. Okay. Like, Lieutenant Anne. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, and, like, and, like, the whole, the whole, the old trope of, well, you just add an unnecessary apostrophe, and that's a fantasy name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, duh, Anne. And, do you know, so, okay, so, folks, small side tangent here. For those of you who may have not been role-playing very long, there is what I like to call, uh, you know what, because I'm because I'm the one calling it, I'm going to call it Liz's Rule. <laughs> okay. Actually, no, I take that back. I'm going to call it Peyton's Rule after Ross Peyton, host of RPPR. He's the first hmm. person I, I saw where this has happened to. Inevitably, you will have a throwaway character who mm-hmm. is not supposed to be there, who you have just come up with on the spot. Oh, who the yeah. player mm-hmm. will immediately fall in love with, and they will die to protect mm-hmm. him. Oh yes, yep. Diane is now <laughs> characters. Yep. Uh, one of the players asked, "How can we make this charm permanent?" I, this guy is awesome. <laughs> uh, well, some folks... how can we permanently mind mind meld this guy into being our <laughs> our our freaking Stockholm buddy? <laughs> I not so much. Like they just want him. They just want him to be friendly. And I'm like, so I think he's going to show up as a town guard and be <laughs> Lieutenant mm-hmm. Diane. Mm-hmm. Yep. But anyway, so that happens. They get into these caves under the house. And they're they're you know doing a typical adventure and stuff, slipping on slimes, punching people in mouths, taking you know taking names and uh or no kicking names and taking ass. There you go. Yeah. You know. Uh-huh. Yeah, that sounds right. Anyway, um, <laughs> so we get to the big fight with the wizard, the pirate wizard, and hobgoblin guards and some other pirates, and. Wouldn't you know it? 
even though I am pulling punches, mm. I uh, I kill them all. <laughs> I didn't need to. I didn't set out with that goal. Mm. But they all died. Was it just dice rolls or? Oh yeah, no, I got really lucky. Mm, I got really yeah. lucky, and then one of the NPCs also had multi attack. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how comfortable was the couch? <laughs> no, no, and I tell you. So here's. No, no, my my relationship is wonderful. Uh, my loving partner, uh, my loving partner was like, oh, awesome, we died. And I'm laughing. Because uh, maybe later mm-hmm. I'll tell you all the story of her first, ex- well, one of the first role-playing experiences she had with me was Delta Green. Oh, God, <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, never mind. But uh, anyway, anyway, anyway. So everyone's dead, and I'm just kind of looking there and thinking, Huh. What am I gonna do? Mm-hmm. Like at this point, three of them have um, succeeded, like in death saves, so they're good. Mm-hmm. They're stabilized. Okay. Yeah. So I'm There's just no thinking. Enough. Okay. And it's like, I got it. So they're mm-hmm. captured. Yep. Yep. They're on the That's pirate where ship. I was gonna go. They're on the pirate ship, and next session. They've got to escape, uh-huh. and yep. they will have, and they will have had a full rest. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so here's what here's here's the I mean the the standard way to deal with that is the pirates have taken all their equipment and they have to find their equipment and escape. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that's our plan. Um, yeah. Except I yeah. think it's going to turn into fuck them all and kill the pirates. Yeah, because uh-huh. they're not happy. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. But yeah. um, yeah. So that happened. Um, you you you're setting up the the classic uh, the the beginning of the classic slavers module where mm-hmm. you wake up in the slavers dungeon with nothing. Yeah. 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 I, I just I just this is this is the first time in D and D I've killed an entire party. Like I've done it in Call of Cthulhu <laughs> countless times. Yeah. yeah. I, I wasn't. TPKs are very interesting to try and tell them get through. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, we've been involved in several. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I used one of the wizard's higher level spells. Uh-huh. Well, I should say higher level, higher than zero, first oh, level wow. spells. Jeez. Um, scorching ray. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, that could that can kill a first level character. It uh, it set the cleric on fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cleric, cleric went down first. Yeah, <laughs> followed yeah. by the barbarian. Yeah. Followed by the barbarian. Oh, jeez. Uh, followed, yep. <laughs> followed by the druid. <laughs> yeah. So, so followed yeah. At by, that point, you're yeah. Followed by the bard. <laughs> uh-huh. And none of them tried to run away. No. There was no tactical retreat. It was I will too- say. It was too quick. <laughs> yeah, and I will I will also say that in D&D it's very hard to establish because you're playing valiant heroes and the the game system doesn't really have a good system for such there's no real way to have, you know, your players fail a stare down and feel like guys, I really think we should run away from this one. Um there you can do it. You can. It's just very difficult. Yeah. You can like do morale checks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can do morale checks. That's generally for NPCs, though. Um, mm-hmm. You can. What you do is you make it very, very clear that this is not a fight you can win. It is a fight that you that is intended for you to run away from. And it is. It is definitely possible to do it. Um, it depends have, on. It, it depends on whether the. Oh, sorry. Sorry. We we've done it before. We have. Um, we have also failed at it before. I have um, had a character who um, basically we all t- teleported accidentally into a uh, into an inn someplace um, that we had no idea where we were. 
and immediately weird tentacles out of the clouds started reaching into the inn and snatching out patrons and dragging them off into the clouds where they screamed horribly and then blood rained down. And I was right next to the bartender and he got grabbed and... It was vampiric mist. Yeah. Oh. And the obvious thing for a hero to do was to grab onto the guy and fight like hell because what else do you do in a situation like this if you're a hero? And the DM was like, well, you get grabbed by a tentacle, pulled up into the clouds, and then there's a scream and blood rains down and you're dead. Actually, what happened was you ran outside to rescue somebody. I just, I believe me, I distinctly remember this. Yes. The DM was trying to encourage us to go down into the basement of the inn and grab as many people as we could and go down. And we wound up doing that. And you actually wound up running outside to try and rescue someone. He was yeah. trying to put us in what we could easily see was an unwinnable situation. And um, unfortunately, you didn't pick up on that. Yeah. Well, it it was it was non-obvious and it was we we were already off balance popping into a situation we didn't know anything about. And, you know, my character had long shown a penchant as being the type of person who goes to the rescue. And this this ended up meaning I dropped out of the campaign for several months because, well, partly because of the DM's reaction to my reaction, which was kind of, um, uh, well, patronizing. Mm-hmm. Um, I will admit, uh, well, nah, I won't I, actually. Well, I, I, okay, speaking as someone who is there, mm-hmm. <laughs> and who mm-hmm. is not you or the DM, yeah. I, you, mm-hmm. I think neither of you understood the other's reaction in any way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, well, that I, was very clear. Fair, I think that's a fair way to put it. Um, and the problem was that the majority of the rest of the party got the idea of getting the fuck down in the basement and dragging as many pa- bar patrons as we could. Um, so it, it was a very complicated situation. This is one of those things yeah. where the war story gets so complicated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot more backstory to this. There had been yeah. previous events that had put me on edge um it was definitely and distinctly not my kind of campaign um already and hadn't been for a long time and this was sort of the final straw but yeah and i don't actually remember how we got onto this topic but uh, oh yeah um running away from letting, yeah letting people know that this is going to kill you all um and but I that a- that is one of the events that i think of a lot where it because uh, I've seen this with uh, with a lot of the other folks that we play with, where you know if they're in a heroic mindset, they're going to stand mm-hmm. and assume that there's some mechanism by which they will have some kind of noble outcome. It's worth so. noting that in a different campaign with this same uh, DM, we mm-hmm. did get nearly a TPK, a nearly a total mm-hmm. party kill with one person escaping yep. and mm-hmm. he went away we we ended the mm-hmm. session we ended the session yeah. he said no oh, no you're not rolling up new characters i'm gonna figure this out yeah and he yeah. figured out a way for us to get out of it yeah uh, dms dms can learn from their mistakes and he definitely has done although he tends to fall into these patterns so well, I mean, which again like, is something that I think all DMs do. Yeah, he's running Ravenloft at this point too, so he's out. Yeah. He, he's not out to kill you, but everything else is. Um, but yeah, he actually had us, those of us who are dead, wake up in hell as um, what do you call it? Um, what are they called? The little formless dudes? Wretches? No. Oh. No. No. The uh, the lowest level devils, the the like flesh baggies. No. no, not methods. Uh Somebody, uh, uh, yeah. Hang Some on, hang on, hang on. We I'm are professionals. We do know these things, but. <laughs> to the Googles. Talk yeah. amongst yourself. I just grabbed my monster manual. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, you said devils, right? I yeah, think I think it's devil. devils. So, uh, I will say, Ghost of Saltmarsh. Yeah, a lot of fun. Having yeah. having good times. 
it, mm-hmm. it's an it's a really great book. I'm glad I have a copy. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's really cute stuff. Uh, oh wait, wait, here we go. Here we go. maybe. Uh-huh. Uh, imps. No. no. I, let's let's not worry about it. Yeah. The, the basic point was, um, yeah, we got sent to hell, and there was a plot line by which we were able to uh, escape slash be rescued. Yep. So, so he made it work. Yeah, exactly. And and honestly, that's what a really good DM does is sort of read the room and go, "You guys care about your characters. I'm going to figure out a way to make this work." And you know, you have people get captured. Um, and have to either escape or, you know, have a big scene with the villain being like, you guys are such wuss bags. I'm just going to tag you with radio collars and release you back into the wild like the cute or, little fuzzy animals you are. Or you can just end the campaign, which is mm-hmm. what happened the last time I was in a TPK in a first edition game. Oh, wow. Where, where we, you know, we've been doing this. Thing. It was just basically um, our DM had uh had put his uh other first edition game on hold because uh one of the players had to um ha- had a bunch of life stuff come up and so mm-hmm. he's he was like we just we're just gonna do you know it's gonna be a dungeon crawl kind of thing mm-hmm. it's gonna be a dungeon crawl it's gonna be relaxing blah 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 and we did a dungeon crawl and it lasted for um a couple months and then um three months maybe and then um uh we had a tpk and basically, um, the DM said, okay, so we have two choices. Either we can create, you can create new characters and we can keep going, or we can just end it. And, um, at that point, the person who had had the life stuff was getting out of their life stuff. And so mm-hmm. we just decided to end it. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes you gotta, uh, if I, if I might, I believe I'm the first person to have ever said this. Sometimes you've got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I, I've never heard anyone say that before ever. So if anyone knows of someone saying that, uh, it's copyright infringement, and please inform them as such. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes your heroic purpose is as a warning to others. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, okay. So, so war stories. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> These are all war stories. That's the mm-hmm. thing. That's what yeah. happens is you start you start telling war stories and it just keeps mm-hmm. going and going. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's the question, why do we do this? And it's because it's because we care. It's because yeah. we we are having tremendous amounts of fun. Mm-hmm. And it's it's in, it's very, very creative fun. Like mm-hmm. you, you don't have someone to say, oh, God, let me tell you. Oh, you remember that time we were playing Monopoly? Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, you do. Yeah. When you're us. But, <laughs> yeah, someone we can... some, someone also told me this week that I, I, I have always played Monopoly wrong. So right. I have played, quote, an entirely different game because I don't play the – I've never played a game that uses the auction rule. <laughs> the auction rule? I don't remember yeah. the auction rule either. Well, um, we – We've all played the wrong game because we weren't playing the one that actually reveals to you that monopoly is a that that capitalism is a dumb idea and you know we should all be doing gay space oh, well, instead. Yeah, that that's that, but that that's game. a whole other story. And other people have done podcasts on that, so we probably don't need to. Yeah, but apparently <laughs> the the deal is that you um if someone lands on a property and doesn't want to buy it, um you, you the property gets auctioned. Mm. around table which mm. it's it's in the rules i have never played with it and i told the person well i've i've always i've played with free parking but i with money on free parking but i've never i've never known anyone to play the auction rule and she's like you were playing a completely different game not monopoly and i'm like okay oh. <laughs> wow we can we should do a podcast that's uh my opinions on monopoly <laughs> no thank you no uh, but at any rate so you don't generally hear people who playing board games or things like that it's games yeah. that involve a certain amount of story even war mm-hmm. games involve a certain amount of story right mm-hmm. like yeah. you know i mean you, you, my guy went i decided to have my guy to go this way and then mm-hmm. took out the dark elf and blah, you know that mm-hmm. still 
it's it, so I mean there's drama there's yeah. real drama mm-hmm. and I and I well I think it's because even at the crunchiest dungeon crawliest uh beer and pretzeliest games <laughs> you are still collectively telling stories yeah absolutely yeah. that's that's why tabletop role playing is such an incredible incredible um medium mm-hmm. there's there's nothing like it yeah well well uh dip me in pickles and throw me to the transbians <laughs> cassie i think you're on to something i don't know i've just been waiting to bust that one out all uh yeah. mm-hmm. all week so that was kind of forced but yeah, no, I do think you've got an excellent point there. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay, so I guess it's my turn, and um, this this story is the entire reason why Fran and I came up with the idea of this of this uh, episode <laughs> because it's a story that I've been uh, thinking about telling on this podcast since we started um, a while back. We talked about uh, gaming wall eggy and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, this is a game that Fran and I were involved in in 1991, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, we had in our party, it was a second edition D&D game. We had in our party, uh, there was, uh, Fran was playing a bard. Um, our friend Jerry was playing um, a rogue, assassin. And our friend Esther was playing an Amazon. Um, yep. And um, at the time, I was playing a dead guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and our friend Jess was also playing a dead guy. <laughs> we were we were hanging out, and you know we were there. The, there was there were various. I don't know. We were we were all we were pretty tight core group so we were all hanging out and gaming and uh jess and i were doing some npcs for our our dm and um eventually came back as ghosts and it was interesting but so at any rate so um the bard uh uh, the rogue and the amazon were were uh i don't remember what their actual goal was do you remember friend uh we were just basically traveling from point a to point b Okay, but we were the only people in the party left alive. So yes, so um, <laughs> so um, they come upon <laughs> a, the, 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 you know, the, the, they're like um, going and they hear whoosh, 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 and suddenly in front of them there's this big giant dragon. <laughs> I think it was a red dragon, um, and uh, um. <laughs> The three of them were like, "Oh shit! Um, uh, should we um, let, let's try to parlay?" <laughs> and so, uh, Jerry's character, I think it was the the rogue, says, um, uh, "Can we help you?" And Jess is playing the dragon and says, "Well, I'm kind of hungry." <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of us are ways further back here. <laughs> <laughs> and and. There's a battle, and they managed to kill the dragon. Um, and I told you that by story. Luck than by anything else. Yes, I told you that story so I could tell you this one. So they cut open the dragon because, you know, dragon parts. Uh, no, 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 about... no, no, no. Very specifically, the rogue says, I killed it. I get the treasure. And we're just like, you, what? So he cuts open the thing and then gets mad because its stomach acid is so strong. It dissolves the tip of one of his beloved scimitars, which are his <laughs> his right. pride's joys. Was, and so, was, was he a drow? No, he no, wasn't a drow. He this was, this he was, was free drist, actually. Yeah. Oh, okay. He was just he was just a uh, he was just an emo elf, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, but yeah. Actually, that, that describes him perfectly. So the only thing. The only thing they find in the dragon's stomach is one gold ring. Which, of course, the the elf is like, mine, mine. Thank you, Fran. Goes completely daffy duck over it. Thank you, Fran. That's 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 where I was going to go. So the the so the the rogue 
immediately screams, it's his, he killed the dragon, it's it's his, and puts it on his finger. Uh-oh. And discovers that she can't take it off of her finger. Uh-huh. It's cursed. And yep. so, you know, th- this this being a, you know, it's a t- uh, 19-year-old testosterone-heavy boy playing an emo elf. Assassin. Was, like, assassin. Was like, take it off! Get it off! Oh my god! Get it off! Get it off! And, you know, Fran is playing along, and I'm sitting there going, uh-huh, um, yeah, you gotta get, okay, yeah, you gotta get it off, this is hilarious. And the, am, the woman playing the Amazon is like, no, yes, we must get this thing off. You do not yeah. deserve to be a woman. You mm-hmm. do not have the strength to be a woman. Yeah. So she cuts his finger off. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, so he, he has nine fingers for the rest of, of everything. Yeah. And it just, you know, it's just one of those things that stuck in my mind and stuck in mm-hmm. Fran's mind. And I have no idea if it's stuck in other people's minds, but, uh, yeah, that was, that was fun. <laughs> it was, it was a funny as hell story too. Just, you know, him sitting there begging Please, please help me get it off, please. And my my bard character is falling down laughing because you know this is the this is just the epitome of of um, this character being this character. And um, the Amazon grabs his hand, slams it down on a rock, and is like, "You don't deserve to be a woman." And <laughs> cuts his finger off. I mean, it was it was a it was a perfect moment of of uh, comedy. And I, I gotta say, I, I, I could definitely understand why it had the effect it did on Cassie. Um, yeah. I was still quite clueless at this point. I hadn't even begun the beginning. As I, as I like to joke, a lot of people went off to, um, we went to Hampshire College, which is a really, really like militantly liberal school, and other people are coming out as gay or polyamorous or vegetarian or whatever. And my big discovery was I might actually have friends. It was a long time before I started going, oh shit, I might be a girl. Yeah. So, yeah. I, uh, I, I, I had a I, big hole to dig out of. Yeah, I had an inkling that some, that you know it was that it wouldn't be a bad thing having the ring. It mm-hmm. really wouldn't. And I didn't quite understand why it freaked. Well, I understood why it freaked the character out so much. I didn't mm-hmm. understand why it freaked our friend out so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, my tr- my my trip uh, was long and hard and torturous and awful. But mm-hmm. um, but getting back to war stories. <sighs> yep. So I think I think. I don't know. I think my what I said earlier for me is kind of what I think why we tell them because role playing in and of its nature is collaborative and uh, and we want to we want to bring other people into those stories like yeah maybe you didn't get to be there for that one hey but let's yeah. tell you about it and this way you're still a part of it yeah, there's a flip side to that though, um, because um, because a bunch of us in college game together so <laughs> damn much. Um, when yeah. we met other people and other people came into our group, they had to sit through these stories that whenever we got <laughs> together, we told the same damn war stories because mm-hmm. that we loved over and over and over again to the point where. Um, we were going to start up a campaign, and uh, we're given the option to play old some old characters if we wanted. And then that option was taken away because some of the new people were like, "Yeah, these guys all know each other, and we don't know any mm-hmm. of them, and that yeah. sucks." Um, yep. So it yes, I mean it's wonderful to try and bring people in, but sometimes it can be a little difficult for the people mm-hmm. who weren't there. Yeah, that is that is true, and I think that comes down to just a general. Uh, social skill level and and that's that's hard sometimes yep learning to read the room is a vital skill and it deserves your time and effort yes uh and it it takes practice trust me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh yeah but uh 
What's uh anything else we want to add about war stories real quick? Uh, I'm sh- sure there's so much we can talk about, but um mm-hmm. certainly we could tell more war stories. Yeah. What Oh, I mm-hmm. I have tons, but let's let's save that for uh well, we can do part, a war stories part 2 sometime. Part 2 at some <laughs> point in the future. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, what's we want to shout out though? So, Fran, what uh what are you into <laughs> this week? Oh, I get to get the jump on Cassie and say that Ooh. this week I'm into the Dark Crystal miniseries on Netflix, which I am only, I'm only three episodes in. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I will not say very much about, except to say that it is, um, it is an amazing experience. Um, it it is it is very deliberately what it is. Um, so basically if you didn't like the movie, you're probably not going to like the show. If you did like the movie, you still might not like the show for, um, for other reasons, uh, which is the show takes place back for those who, uh, don't know about the movie. Um, it's about the last two members of a race called the Gelflings trying to rescue the planet from the sort of tyrannical, creepy creatures who have ruled it for the last several millennia. Um, This show is a prequel, which um, seems to be well on its way to explaining why there are only two Gelflings left. And let me just say that when I say it's dark, I mean that there was an entire... Um, there were, in fact, several large societies of Gelfling on the planet, and uh, we've gotten to meet several of them, and by the movie timeline, they're not. So, uh, it's... I, I, I have to admit that I'm, I'm three episodes in. I'm finding it a little slow. Hmm. Um, like, three episodes in, and two members of our party have finally met and then gone their mm-hmm. separate ways. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I'm not sure how it's going to go and whether it's going to continue to be this diffuse. Mm. Um, and I don't want to know, obviously, but mm-hmm. um, it, it feels very diffuse. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'll say that I'm thoroughly engrossed with the characters. Um, mm. I'm fascinated by the artistry of the puppetry. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, without spoiling anything, there is a scene later on with a puppet show on the show that is extraordinarily well done and made my brain just kind of quietly explode. And this is, this is an important thing to note for the most Mm -hmm. part. Now I have caught some, Mm -hmm. I have caught some CG scenes. I have Mm -hmm. caught some animated scenes, but for the most part, like the movie, this is being done with puppets um, Mm -hmm. designed by Brian Froud. Yeah. Yeah. Very, Uh, very strong emphasis on practical effects where, wherever, practical effects can get the job done i'm gonna yeah. have to watch this i i'll be i'll be honest i'm not the biggest dark crystal fan mm-hmm. but people keep talking about it and i'm, I'm, I'm gonna watch it mm-hmm. it's uh i as i said it's it if nothing else it's a real spectacle and i do think there's a lot of else to it mm-hmm. um the characters are really nuanced in it it feels much more adult to me than the film ever did. Um, there's a lot of nuance to the characters. There's a lot more gray in the world than just black and white. Um, and uh, there's a lot of growth that happens with the with the characters. People people develop and change, and you learn new sides of them. And uh, it's a fantastic exercise in world building and also just in in sheer artistry. So, so that's my shout out. Okay, cool. Yeah, Cassie, what do you got? Okay, so um, I'm going to be talking about some comic books. Um, I'm going to be talking about beginnings and endings. Um, two of my favorite series um, uh, of the past few years uh, ended this week. Um, one of which is, uh, Giant Days by John Allison, which, um, technically has one special coming out that's really, really wraps up, um, which is a, how can I describe it? It's, it's about three young women and their days in university together. And it's, uh, 
one of the characters comes from his old um, Tackleford stories, you know, scary go round and bobbins and all that stuff that he's been doing. He had been doing on the web for many, wait, many years. Wait, 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 hang on a second. Let I, me yeah. Google something. Why do I know scary go round? Why does that sound familiar? Don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's a great web comic. Absolutely fantastic. Well, what, well, what was some? Of the, what was some of the other titles? Uh, Bobbins. Um. Oh, what was the name of the the? What was the name of the one with the kids? Uh, IDW publishes collections of it. I think. Oh, I'm blocking on it completely. But his huh. name is John Allison. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've read this. I know this comic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. So yeah. So Giant Days, which um, I mean, it's all been collected, and I really very much recommend it. It's, it's if you like his stuff, you'll like it. Um, it's uh, it it's just been a really fantastic series, um, and I have read the last issue of that. I have not yet, because it is being held for the position of honor. Read the last episode of The Wicked and the Divine, which came out this week, which was a tremendously wow. amazing uh, achievement by Karen Gillan and Jamie McKelvey for the most part, with a few with a few um, extra artists doing special stories in there. And uh, the way you get into the divine was, oh God, how can I even describe it? It's about the nature of godhood, the nature of faith. The, the um, Oh my God. If you haven't read Wicked and um, it's done. So you can get all the collected, the collections and, I recommend it so, so, so much. It's so good. Um, it's one of the, the comics that my wife actually says, there's a new issue out, give it to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and the beginnings um, is uh, the the uh, first issue of a two-issue miniseries um, called Legion of Superheroes Millennium, which is going to be leading into a brand new Legion of Superheroes series. Uh, came out this week as well. I did not love it. I love the new Legion. What I've seen of the new Legion, I love the um, the character designs. I love um, the the new emphasis, the re-emphasis on multiculturalism. I mean, Lightning Lad is is black now, and mm. I mean all kinds of stuff. It just looks phenomenal. Um, I did not enjoy uh, the 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 first issue of the miniseries as much because of how a 20th century or I guess 21st now century character was, was treated. Um, I didn't like some of the, um, I don't, I don't know if I want to spoil anything. What do you think? Um, okay. Spoiler alert for, uh, the Legion of, the new Legion of superheroes book. Okay. Um, spoiler alert for Legion of superheroes millennium part one. So um, Brian Bendis said that, you know, they're going to be seeing the um, the Millennium through the eyes of a character in the preview. And the, and the name of the character was blind out. And the character is um, the Rosen, um, who was mainly around in the 60s, to be perfectly frank. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, you broke up a little bit. Who Who is the character? The Rose and the Thorn. Um, it's basically a girl named Rose who has an alternate who is fairly, you know, innocuous and whatnot who has an alternate personality um of the thorn who is who likes to go out and beat up bad guys okay um and he's really i mean not only does she like to go out and beat up bad guys like she really likes to go out and beat up bad guys and um there are bits of it like okay the immortal hulk over at marvel is doing such an amazing job dealing with did and uh multiple a multiple personality a system and you can tell that the writer has done all the homework. I mean, I've talked about this with people, with with plural people, plural friends, and it it really is amazing. And you can clearly tell Brian Bendis has done none of the. Um, he refers to it as multiple personality disorder. Um, he talks about how in the future, in the first future that Rose encounters, because she discovers that she's somehow immortal um how um the condition has been eradicated because people are given drugs um as 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 children 
that just eradicates the condition. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, this is really, as they say, bad praxis. Um, and it really bothered me because I have a lot of plural friends, you know? Yeah, that I've, I've run into that, uh, or not, not that particular issue, but some stuff where you read it and you're like, ah, uh, yeah, clearly you, you didn't, you didn't do your homework here. Yeah. And it just, it just felt, uh, I don't know, off. And also there are some other things where he's trying to tie various things in together that didn't work for me entirely. Um, but I'm really hoping that it leads into, um, a Legion of Superheroes series that I can enjoy again. And it, mm. the, pre- the preview made me all excited. Um, and that's something I, I have. I'm an old school Legion fan and this made me way more excited than say, the last series, uh, the last reboot, I should say, not the last series, but the last reboot did. Um, so there you go. There are my shout outs. And I took too much time as usual. No, you're good. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm going to I'm going to break our rules a little bit. I have two. Uh, one I'm going to talk about and one I'm just going to kind of get a reference a little bit. OK, so the first one is um, it's a white novel that um, Jeff actually kickstarted uh, and. <laughs> It got here, and I read it first. Uh, <laughs> called um, my friends took me to a cat therapy place for my anxiety, and I'm wondering uh-huh. where all the cats are. I think I've heard about that. It's it's cute. Hmm. It's uh, it's, it's something that I did not expect to have so many feels for. Hmm. And I read it, and it was just adorable. Isn't uh, that about the same person who wrote? Um, I'm a witch and my familiar is a cat girl or something like that. Yeah, and then the other one, the second one, my friends and I were granted three wishes by a cat goddess, and I swear I got distracted when my turn came around. <laughs> yeah, um, hmm. Ale- uh, Alexandra, they're uh, they're a non-binary person. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's really it's really cute. It's it's just they're just fun. They're fun. They, they get sound, feels they and. Fun. They're short and white, and I read it. We were we were sitting on the couch. Jess was watching something tactical on YouTube, and I was like, I, I can't do this. I need, I, I, I can't do like tactical stuff. It it my brain doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. So I was I was able to read this, and you know, it was, it's good. It made me cry. It was, but it was a happy mm-hmm. cry. So that's, that's by good. Alexandra, and um, uh, how would one get it? That's a good question. Uh, we backed it on Kickstarter. I don't exactly know. I believe, I believe you can get it at um, Zandra, uh, ZandraRavandra dot com. Okay. Or maybe, her, hmm? or I'm sorry, their their Patreon. Yeah, maybe um, we can drop. You can drop a link. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a I'm gonna put a link with this because I think you guys to get it through cool. Patreon or their website. Excellent. Uh, anyway, they're really cute. And then my other one is for a podcast that I'm a fan of called I Don't Speak German. <laughs> uh, if uh, if you're like me and you like to keep appraised of what the alt right is doing, uh, because. Quite frankly, they're terrifying. They're they're a little terrifying, and you kind of want to know who the bad actors are. Mm-hmm. Uh, the this this podcast is for you. It's two guys, one of which who subjects himself to following alt right, and the other one who uh, asks questions and gets told about it. I don't know if I can handle that. It's there are some episodes I have to I have to do it in chunks. Like I can't just sit and listen to it. Like, I do it while I'm cooking dinner, walking Maya, doing other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not it's not for the faint of heart, but the two guys who do it, they're definitely, they're very nice. Uh, they're definitely, uh, they're, I think they're doing good work. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to give them, give them some props. Uh, and we might be able to get one of them, maybe even both of them, on to talk about Nazis and games. Hmm. Huh. Well, yeah, I mean, that that's definitely a topic. When And 
is it acceptable to punch Nazis? The answer, folks, is yes. Yes. But, mm-hmm. but you know, you want to make sure you do it with style, and that's what we're going to talk about. Okay. So I don't know when when would that maybe? Well, we, I was I was talking to them the other day. We don't know yet. So we'll hopefully okay. hopefully at some point. Okay. But um, yeah. Oh wait, that's it. That's for me. Uh, any questions from y'all? I don't think uh, so. I don't think so. I don't know why I asked for questions. I'm not giving a school report. <laughs> um, like I said, it's been a long day. Um, yeah. So yeah, you can. So, uh, so doing shout out or doing uh, where can they find us? You can find me at little underscore Lizzie twenty two. Uh, Cassie, where can they find you? Well, they can find me on Twitter at Tip Transformed, and they can, and they can find me on Twitter at Ronalyn Valor, R O N E L Y N V A L O R, and they can find uh, this podcast on Facebook at Tabletop Transmissions, and you can find us on Twitter at Transmissions. Now let me tell you how I spelled it, because if you're not new to this, uh, just so you know, I spelled it wrong when I signed up for the account. We are at T-R-A-N-S-M-I-S-T-I-O-N-S. And we can be found on iTunes and Podbean. If you listen to us on iTunes, please leave a star review so the algorithm can uh, bump us up a little bit. And also, please... If you have any questions, you have any comments, uh, you want to tell us off, whatever, contact us on Facebook, contact us on uh, the podcast Twitter, our personal Twitter, whatever. We would love to address comments or questions on an upcoming program. And remember, you can also find us inside your refrigerator. Please come (laughs) and let us out. It's cold. And the light goes off. We're scared, Dave. Anyway, thanks for listening, folks. I uh, hope you had fun. I know we did. Absolutely. We're gonna we're gonna go play with various pets and partners. Yeah. All right. And don't drive like my brother. And don't drive like my brother. Wait, I don't have a brother. <laughs> I don't have a brother. <laughs> okay. Good night, Allie. Go to sleep, and uh, I'll see everybody later. Have fun, folks. <laughs>